Hey, it's Andy from Talking to Teens. It would mean the world to us if you could leave us a five-star review. Reviews on Apple and Spotify help other parents find the show, and that helps us keep the lights on. Thanks for being a listener, and here's the show. You're listening to Talking to Teens, where we speak with leading experts from a variety of disciplines about the art and science of parenting teenagers. I'm your host, Andy Earle. We're here today with Gregory Kufakos, talking about his book, The Primal Method, a book for emerging men. Gregory is a licensed addiction counselor and mentor, and he has spent years guiding emerging young men through difficult situations in their lives, and he has developed a system for how to do it in a really, really impactful way. This book outlines that system and it also includes lots of stories about guys that he's worked with and the story of his own life and the struggles that he's gone through. And it outlines four main steps that we need to follow when we're trying to connect with a young man who is adrift, having problems, using drugs, and how we can connect with them and steer them in a better direction really excited to talk with Gregory about that system and about some stories from some of the clients that he's worked with. Gregory, thank you so much for coming on the show to talk with us today. Can you talk about your background and what inspired you to write this book? Sure. I am an addiction counselor. I took a, a master's degree in psychology and uh, through a series of what I now see is sort of the, the hand of the divine. It, it pushed me into just working with addiction recovery. And I worked for many years in different what we call uh, modalities of treatment whether it's like a residential program or a wilderness program, mm. there's outpatient programs. So I was working in all those settings and really was seeing some miraculous things happening in people. And eventually I evolved to open my own one-on-one -on -one practice and the people that naturally came to my practice were young men, you know, guys around 20 years old, 22, 18. They were the ones that were coming. For the first year or so, I was very surprised that even though these guys were coming, they were not really transforming like I had seen when they're in structure, wow. when they're in those rehabs. Yeah. And, right. and, and the ones that had changed they ended up going back to their, their old habits. Mm -hmm. So I was doing that for a while and I was, I was getting uh, very frustrated and bored because uh, for me to put all the, the hard work into something and see no result, it's yeah. just it's terrible. So I did that and I just couldn't figure it out. Andy. I couldn't figure out 
What do I need to do to get through to these guys? And I tried everything I knew. And finally, uh, out of a mix of boredom, frustration, I just said, you know what? We're going we're gonna to leave the office. Yeah. We're going to just go outside. I don't know what we're going to do, but we're not going to sit here again in these couches and chairs with all the artwork on the wall. No, no, we're going to go out. Okay. And I started to do that. And I don't know, something, something felt, I I really don't know why I kept going. Maybe because there was, again, there's just nothing else to really try. Well, I did that for a year, two, three years, and I started to evolve a very deep method of working with young men in action, in the world, in the social world. And I started seeing those changes again in these young men. They were going from being isolated, depressed, using drugs, jobless, hopeless. They were actually finding their way. Their their skin started to have a color. Their eyes started to have a sparkle. And I did that for a while, like I said, three, four years. And then, um, you know, just on a whim, I said, I think it's time to, to try to write about this. You know, what, what are we actually doing? Yeah, you know, because right. I really wasn't clear. Intuitively, I was doing it, but I wasn't clear. I could have never explained it to you or to anybody else. So that's how we started with the book. And it was very difficult. To, ver- to come up with what was actually happening. But I feel it took four years. It took five editors. It took, it took what it took. And uh, it took a lot of heavy lifting to the point where I can say to you, listen, if you read this book, it's going to give you a window into how myself and these young men were achieving the results that everybody's looking for. that living alongside another man is crucial for male development. Seeing another man in motion, engaged in a task, or interacting with the social world, all this activates your own image of yourself and who you might be. I think this is a pivotal kind of piece of your method, and um, it's something I really resonate with also because I think, you know, people talk about mentors a lot, the importance of mentors, but what I feel like a lot of times what's happening with these, especially men, uh, young, young men is they like lack of vision for their life. They are, they feel like they're stuck, but what's the problem is that they're thinking small. They don't have this like strong vision for what they want to accomplish and really who they want to be in the world. Because I think, you know, we talk about like finding yourself or finding your identity, but I don't think that that's really what happens. I think we create ourselves and we create our identity and we create the person that we want to be. And that's a lot of work and you have to be motivated to go out and do the work to create yourself. And you know, you have to have a vision to be working towards. You have to say, Hey, that's how I want to be that. I want to be like that guy. Like that guy is awesome. I want to do that. And a lot of times what happens is that these kids are just surrounded by 
people that aren't inspiring them or the men that are in their life are not very engaged or just aren't badass or something. And they're Mm -hmm. not, they're not inspired by that and they don't have a vision. And so I think, you know, I like what you write about, you know, seeing another man in motion, engaged in a task and interacting with the social world. And I wonder, you know, how as parents we can sort of um, help create that for our kids. Well, let me start by just saluting you for, for selecting that passage, because for me, that was the thing that was most like, it just blew my mind that instead of talking at or with a young man, engaging his rational mind, Hey, Gregory, what do you think you might like to do with your right. life? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gregory, what's holding you back from living your life? No. Gregory, yeah, it's just <laughs> all, I don't know. Whatever. Don't know, right? Whatever. My parents. Yeah. Exactly. It's all that is aimed at the rational mind. And most, yeah. a lot of therapy approaches are doing that. Right. What I found most effective to inspire and ignite a young man's vision for his own life is simply this spend time living alongside of him and show him how it's done. Yeah. Don't teach him, demonstrate it, demonstrate it consistently. I would go month after month with these young men and their parents would be like, did you talk to him about his gaming? Did you talk to him about his, his how he's smoking weed? Right. Did you talk about this? Did you? T-? And my answer is no, 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 and no. All I do is I just I live in front of them and I show them how a man can love life from the depths of his being. And eventually, this kid who's living this shitty life is going to look at the man that's living a great life. Yeah, right. And something deep inside of him is going to be like, I got I got to do that. Yeah, it's not I even conscious. That. Yeah. I want to do that. Yeah. Right. So, uh, there's a whole there's a whole system of the brain designed to do just that. It's called the mirror neuron system. So, we known this for a while, right? You, show me who you hang out with and I'll tell you who you are. The people that you're closest to, that's who you're going to end up being like. So this is all deeply, uh, uh, it's hardwired into us. Now, the other question that you said, uh, what can what can parents do? Uh, again, uh, don't talk at your kids. I would imagine that most of the parents that you, that you work with have had so many talks yeah, that right. they're, they're just literally, and I know that feeling as a parent where you're like your whole body, like your, your head feels like a thermometer that's about to explode. Right. And yep. you're just trying to talk sense into them. Meanwhile, what are you showing your kid? Are you demonstrating a great life mm-hmm. or are you showing them that if you work as hard as mom and dad, You'll eventually have some kid that you have to lecture, right? <laughs> who frustrates you, and that you don't. Who like frustrates being you? Yeah. And and you and you uh, instead of going out for that run or hitting the peloton or going for a, a hike, 
you're here lecturing your kid and worrying about your kid. Right. That's not going to work. The only way you're going to be able to influence your, your child is if you yourself are living the truth that you are seeking to teach them. Mm -hmm. And I would argue that actions speak louder than words. Especially with boys. Yeah, I think, you know, girls, they'll talk to you a little bit, but like boys, you got to do, do things with right. them, yeah, show them. Yeah. Another thing you say is that the trick was finding the ordinary act that would reach the particular individual. With Devin, a practitioner of jujitsu, it was easy. We wrestled. Scott loved basketball, so we joined the gym and played. But it was not always that straightforward. So how do you find the activity that ignites someone? That's, that's the, uh, the Miyagi mentoring. You know, good old yeah. Mr. Miyagi. How did Miyagi find the things in life that were going to teach Daniel what he wanted to learn. How did he choose to paint the fence, to sand the floor, to wash the cards? You, you have to use what life is giving you. And honestly, that's where uh, you, you kind of have to have a good intuition. And, and the, the chapter after uh, this in the book, I, I think I give a, a really good example of a client that I worked with where we were able to found, find that act. And yeah. for this young man, it was surfing. Surfing, yeah. And I found, you know, surfing, running, cooking. You see, the solution, it's going to be in life. Right. So don't complicate it. It's got to be somewhere within the world that you inhabit. Hmm. Uh, so I, I, I don't know if this fully answers your question, but it, it's you have to use your intuition you have to know the guy that you're working with. Yeah. And then you just have to kind of be attuned to what life is presenting to you. And I think it was a good example in the book because you had to kind of do some detective work to figure out what he was going to be interested in. And it wasn't just like that he was already into surfing or that you said, Hey, what about surfing? And he was like, okay, sounds good. Um, you know, it was like you were kind of suggesting things and talking to him about things. And when you mentioned surfing, he didn't just immediately dismiss it or there was just a slightly different reaction in him that you could tell maybe he was kind of a little interested in it. And then that led you to keep asking him more about surfing. Well, what about surfing? And like, Mm -hmm. pushing it. And it wasn't just like immediate thing. It took some work to kind of even convince him to go and try it with you. And then you went and found a really cool surfing instructor who would be like that great example. Exactly. To show him, you know, a, a possible vision yeah. for his life. Yeah. And that, you know, in the system that I use, when I look back on the years uh, that I was working with these young men, I found that I was really walking them through stages hmm. of development. The first stage was devoted to bonding and connecting. Okay. Right. Yeah. I would, I would create enough of a bond with you where I could say, Hey, let's go out to the world and start exploring. Yeah. Right. So do you, do we have enough of a bond where you trust me that we can go explore and try different things? Hmm. We can try jujitsu and surfing I've earned enough trust that we start to explore. Yeah. And once we've explored enough, that's when we have to select the road 
that we're going to engage in. Uh, okay? That's cool. Yeah. And, and the key just to, just to uh, complete this, let's say I was working with a guy who I knew had a kind of a, a knack for writing. Like he liked reading, he liked writing. And, and I'm like, you know, maybe we could, maybe we could take a, a, a like a workshop on writing, yeah. you know, or like six week workshop. I would do my homework. I would find somebody like you, Andy, because no offense, I'm not going to take him to some kind of, I don't know, somebody that I didn't think the young man could, could kind of be like, all right, this, yeah. this dude's cool. This guy's I can, cool. I can get with <laughs> right. This guy's cool. Yeah, We're totally. gonna, it's fine. You know? So I would do my homework and then I would call you and I'd say, listen, I'm going to be bringing this guy. I got this kid. Yeah. I got this guy. Yep. And, you know, and in that sense, we're creating a community of, of people mm -hmm. that can hopefully ignite. But, but that's the key. You have to find the, the people that are going to be agents of inspiration. Yeah. And then you kind of recruit them to help you. And it's like, um, you are not necessarily an expert in whatever the thing is that you find that your kid is going to want to do, but you can still find um, the right people. And yeah, it was like music for me when I was in high school. And uh, my mom would find me these really cool different like guitar teachers and piano teachers and, um, you know, people that could just be a good influence on me. And, you know, that, that was really effective, I think. Yeah. And, and if I'm doing the, the writing class, uh, myself, the young man, we're doing your writing class. It's true. I'm not the expert, but what I am an expert at is, is throwing myself into things boldly. Yeah. So there's, there's again, that mirror effect where right. the young man is going to see how I approach a writing class. Yeah. And how, how do I take it? And yeah. How, how much fun do I have? How right. do I deal with writer's block? How do I deal with this? How do I deal with that? And then afterwards, we're going for lunch. We're talking about the experience or something like that. And that's that's the key. Uh, again, it's not that we don't talk to young men. We do, of course. But what I'm saying is it's better to, to share an action with them and talk afterwards. Yeah. So right. how Almost was like it a debrief? You? Well, that was crazy. And when that thing happened and oh, my gosh. Yeah. Bingo. Yeah. Bingo. And in that way, all the work, we're, we're teaching them how to engage with and enjoy life because it's very simple. If you do not know how to enjoy life, mm -hmm. there's no way you're going to stop gaming and using right. drugs and isolating. Those things are your comfort. Those are your relief. Those are your forms of enjoyment. So unless I can teach them how to enjoy life, I'm not going to be effective in helping them change. How to show them a better alternative. Yeah. You write on page 36 that by two people facing the world alongside one another, instead of only facing each other, they share an experience in the social world and create a special bond. I'm amazed by the healing that happens when I use this alongside technique with an emerging man, getting him into action and exploring the social world together with me. That's exactly what you're talking about. And it's like that combination of like what you were just saying, um, finding the right writing workshop, if that's what your kid is into, and then doing it alongside the kid and kind mm -hmm. of modeling just how to jump into it and how to do it. And then that activity then gives you a chance to talk and discuss the thing. And then you can get them to open up. That's right. 
And so the social world is a living, breathing organism. And we are so small as men in comparison to that. So when we face that together, it's a huge act of humility. We're entering something greater than both of us. So we're, we're equal. I'm not greater than they are. We're both facing this together. And the beauty of that also is that all the work that we're doing is eventually helping them to do the very thing that we want anyway, which is to build a life in the social world. Imagine, imagine two men entering the social world for, for a year or two. And what happens over time is it starts with a little bit of a dip in the, your toe in the water. Yep. And then you put your, both your feet in the water. <laughs> yep. And then you co- go in the water. And then you cannonball, you swim, <laughs> you windsurf, you this. And then after those two years, you, you say, bro, look at what you did. You went from this timid, isolated, broken, disconnected dude sitting on the beach to you have this whole life in the water. Isn't that wonderful? Mm. Of course, there are times in all of our lives. I, I can't speak for you. I can speak for me. When life gets the best of you, it throws a haymaker and it knocks you down. Yeah. And, and you want to give up. Well, the beauty of this method is you, because you're building a life, you're less likely to give up in that moment because you've seen how much you've built versus if all the gains are in, let's say, a therapy office and you tell me, Gregory, but we've been meeting for two years and you're so much better at talking about your feelings. Right. Who cares about that? What does that mean to me? Right. right? I want something tangible and concrete. That's what we we're, you were talking about early. Men want to create a life. We are here with Gregory Kufakos talking about how to connect with emerging young men. And we're not done yet. Here's a look at what's coming up in the second half of the show. For love to grow, there has to be space. This is a very, very arduous journey. It's hard work. Yeah. It's very hard and there's no guarantees. There's no guarantees that you're going to move from boyhood to manhood. There are opportunities for them to to grow, but they need to take and seize on those opportunities. What really empowers a relationship, especially a male-to-male relationship, is if you tell them what it really took to get to where you are. So not just parent, but everybody. Be honest about this journey. Somewhere we inherited this belief that if you're a professional or a parent, you need to be the person that has it all figured out. Yeah, right. But that's not true. Again, you're only at 15%. So stop bullshitting. (laughs) You're only at 15%. You figured out a few things. You know, my father figured out things that I may never figure out in this lifetime. Yeah. But then there were other things that he, he didn't even scratch the surface and I'm light years beyond him. Wouldn't it be great if we could teach each other? Isn't that, isn't that a beautiful thing? And isn't that why, why did we choose each other? Why did we choose to be a child 
to these particular parents or a parent to this particular child is probably to learn something and to teach something. So, you know, maybe before you, you rush and go do a confession with your kid, it has <laughs> to be appropriate, you know, right. but you can tell them, you can tell them some parts of your journey that you feel comfortable. It's all about being authentic. What would be authentic to say? Maybe if your kid is really struggling with finding uh, excitement for school, instead of going at it and trying to fix it and trying to lecture, why don't you be honest and tell them, I went, with, I went through that too. Want to hear the full interview? Sign up for a subscription today. You get unlimited access to all the interviews I've conducted. It's completely affordable. And your subscription helps support the work we do here at Talking to Teens. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next time.